Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gone Bridge Podcast, episode 45. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside with Alex Clausen and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? Reporting live from vacation. I'm up here with Coley Nick in the, in the boonies of Maine, but we're going to make this work. Hopefully it's not as bad as when Gardner was in Wyoming, um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I've been doing not good, I guess, because the Sox haven't been doing that good. Yeah, last night made me feel a little bit better up until the top of the ninth, and then I got kind of sad again. And watching the game right now, Devers just tied it up. That's cool. So hopefully we're trending in the right direction. Hopefully, yeah. We're a little disclaimer here. I'm out west again this week, uh, so the audio is not going to be great on Clawson and I's end, but it is what it is. We'll be back to the regular setup, hopefully for the for the foreseeable future, starting again next week. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite the rocky week for the Red Sox, um, and honestly, last night last night was a key, such a key win. Because I've just been dreading this whole week. Like, all these losses, I'm like, oh, Friday's episode is going to be so brutal. So brutal to record. And yesterday, it was like ripping a Band-Aid off. And then it was like, it was like a little bit better. It was a little bit better. But it's been a bad week. It's been a really bad week. Yeah, at least we're coming into this recording on a somewhat good note. Got a lot to talk about, I guess. A lot of it's going to be like a feeling circle, just how everybody feels right now. How are we going to feel later? We're all going to give each other hugs and kumbaya. It's really going to be quite the quite the moving episode. So, so talk about, strap, talk about strap this, in, folks. Talk about the sun blowing up again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that. Yeah. It doesn't really this, matter. We're this, all going to die. You know what? We're all going to die one day. You know what? I'm just going to put this out there. This whole, like, stretch doesn't even matter because the sun's just going to blow up at one point, and it's not going to matter. Right. Yeah, if we keep right. losing, I hope it does. TBH. Well, I mean, the earth is I, flat anyway, so. Can't disagree, Steve. Yeah. Um, yeah, so here's the thing. So the Red Sox right now, we're four games back of the Rays. As bad as the stretch has been, if we had just won the first game against the Rays where we blew a 4-1 to lead and just won the game against the Blue Jays where we, what was it, 7-2? to If we just won those two games – We'd be one game back of the Rays right now. Be, you know, playing for a shot today to uh, to tie tie the AL East race back up. Uh, but man, what just a brutal stretch overall. Where do we want to start? I mean, I guess the bullpen. The bullpen's been so bad, uh, well, especially one Matt guy, Barnes. I was going to say one guy in particular, Matt Barnes. I just looked up his numbers. I believe, yeah, in the last seven games, he's got a twelve six ERA. And seven yeah. earned runs. He's just not good. He's lost three games in the last week. Hold on, Gardner. What'd you say? If we win this game, we're gonna tie the AL East again? No, 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 no. If we if we had won the first game against the Rays and won that game against the Blue Jays, we'd be tied if we uh, won tonight. I was gonna say we're four games back right now. So. Yeah, no. If we went to we gotta win tonight, three games is is a much bigger, uh much much more manageable than five games. Uh, but I mean, the Yankees have been hot. They're right on our tail. They're playing in, uh, in Iowa tonight. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, everything's not clicking right now. 
Like you see little stretches of like the offense looked good on Sunday against Toronto. Um, Nick Pavetta had that really good game, the first game of the doubleheader where Barnes uh, gave up that walk-off home run. I mean, we've seen little pieces of this team, of, of what we've seen from this team all year, but they just haven't been able to put together a team performance. Like the offense does well, the bullpen comes in, blows it. Pitching staff does well, the offense gets shut out. So, I mean, we've seen all these come from behind wins this year, and we just we just haven't seen it this week. Um, so, you know, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's just been a, it's just been a brutal stretch. One thing I got to say is that in the first prior to the All-Star break, you would see a lot of guys come through when you really needed them the most. And these would be guys like Hunter or Kike. And then you got the main guys, Devers and uh, JD and Bogarts. And they would just come through when you really needed them to, to supplement those like come up come from behind pushes. But recently it's been guys are on, on the base path and we just can't do anything. We forget what, how to hit. We can't put balls in play to get runners over. We can't do anything even remotely close to the clutch play that we saw during the entire first half. So like you said, Gardner, we need to start putting everything together. We don't need to score 20 runs a game. Like we did last night. We just need to just score four as as they say, just score four. And just score four. We haven't heard it, we haven't been able to do that. And without a high powered offense, who are the Boston Red Sox? You know, because that's kind of our MO. I don't kind know of what they do. Yeah, not recently though. They have not been doing that recently. Although I will say, um, two things real quick is after well last episode we were kind of mocking everybody and we were like that episode name it was like it's time to panic with the the alternating capitalized letters like like there were a lot of people freaking out last week before uh the series against toronto and uh, the beginning of the series against tampa bay um but i'm not gonna lie like we've, we've been really positive about this team honestly um and we've i've said i know we've all said like if you're if you're not gonna stick with the team if you're gonna hop off the bandwagon and say, you know, like this, this is the true colors of the team. Like then go, you don't have to stick around. Um, but it, it, it's been taught, like seeing the team blow a huge lead on Sunday, blow another big lead on Tuesday. Like it's been tough. It's been really tough to stay positive. And I mean, last night, finally, it was like a breath of fresh air. I mean, even when we were up 14 to nothing, I was like, all right, keep pushing. I don't, I don't need to see like Salomar come back in and walk, walk six guys. And, uh, but honestly, like, I feel like with the win last night, a lot of my, my bad, like memories from this week have somewhat been washed away. Not entirely. Uh, Cause we're still four games back at Tampa, but you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still holding out hope. And if this team, if we don't win the division, we get a wild card. So be it still not a lot of people expected this team to make the playoffs. So, you know, and the other thing real quick is, is we got a lot of help coming back this week. Richards is to the pen. Perez is to the pen. So the two big liabilities in the rotation are out and we're getting sale on Saturday. Houck's pitching today. And I think that he's going to stay up with Boston uh, for the remainder of the season in the rotation pending. He stays healthy. So, I mean, a rotation of sale of Valdi, Erod, Houck, Pavetta, like, that is a major upgrade from what, what we've seen. Yeah, I mean, you literally 
if Hauk gets sent back down, then I said it before, I think in an episode a, lo- a long time ago, in reference to Tanner Houck, there's winning moves and there's losing moves in baseball. And not having Tanner Houck in Boston is 100% a losing move, especially for the current state of this Red Sox team, because we need starting pitching. And Tanner Houck always provides exactly like what you need to win. He gives you just enough to win four innings, like one run, five innings sometimes if he's really on. And that's just all the Sox who should have a good offense really need. So like you said, we got a lot of help coming. Got a lot of help coming. And I think we just need to make the, that wild card spot at the very least. I think we're going to make a really deep run. I think we kind of need the division. But the wild card is really it. We're currently in the second spot. I think we're half a game back from Oakland right now for the first spot. And the Yankees are two games behind us. So we're definitely not even guaranteed that. So we kind of need to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think the division's far out. I think it, before we started recording, Gardner was saying that a couple games that kind of didn't go our way, they go our way. And then today's game is for the tie in the division. So it's really not that far out. And then, I mean, this team's not playing well right now. So you figure, get all this help back, team starts playing well, they can rip off, you know, in a 10-game stretch. They can go 8-2, and two, no big deal. And that puts them right back in the division race. I mean, if you're going eight and two in every 10 games for the next, you know, two months, then I don't know how you can hold up with that. So I think the division's still, still in reach. I think it's still possible. Um, I'm feeling good about this team. I think yesterday kind of put it back in, into perspective how good this team really is. Dropping 20 on the Rays isn't, isn't something to take lightly. No, not at all. And I mean, I will say this uh, today's game, and if, if you haven't, been able to realize this by now the time we're recording it's was it the fifth inning of the the thursday game against tampa so um when this comes out obviously we will all know whether the red sox won or lost but right now uh today is such a must-win game uh because if we win we play the Rays seven more times and you just got to win five out of seven to to gain three games which five out of seven i mean the Rays are good, but five out of seven is doable. It's doable. Um, and we also talked a little bit before the episode two. Uh, we got a stretch coming up here that the schedule is a lot easier. Um, and we talked a couple of weeks ago about like the gauntlet of, of the end of July and beginning of August. We had a lot of games against Toronto, Tampa Bay, New York. It was like every other series was against. Um, we were just rotating between those teams. But uh, we've got a three-game set against Baltimore coming up. Oh, good. Colin, Colin McHugh's coming in. Ex-Red uh, Sox stud. Um, oh, yeah. But anyways, getting back to that. Uh, and then we've got, yeah, three games set against the Yankees. And then who is it? We've got like Minnesota, Cleveland, and maybe Baltimore again. I can't remember. Um, but there's some very winnable games coming up here. So even if this team starts to drag along, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not nervous, but I'm not. I'm not completely out. I'm not out at all. Oh, yeah, no way. And I think that something that's just just as important as our strength of schedule for the rest of the season is the Rays and Yankees strength of schedule for the rest of the season. And I know that the Yankees are obviously playing the White Sox tonight, which we're going to talk about more later. Uh, That's not an easy series at all for the Yankees. The White Sox are one of the premier teams in the league. So hopefully we get a little bit of help from them. We can kind of, you know, make up a little bit of distance on – uh, 
that wild card lead. And then the Rays don't have a super hard schedule coming up for the rest of the regular season, but they have a couple hard series in here. They got Minnesota for three and Baltimore for three, which is a pretty easy, easy stretch there for the Rays. But then they have the White Sox in Philly for mm-hmm. five total games. And those are totally games that they could drop at the same time. So, I mean, or I mean, the recipe for success with the Red Sox right now is to win as much as you can and hope that the Rays and the Yankees keep or start to lose a little bit. Well, that's been part of the problem with this stretch, too, is I, can't, I honestly can't remember besides the collapse of 2011 where the Red Sox have lost so much ground so quickly. Um, but part of the reason is because the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Rays just haven't been losing, too. I think I saw a stat um, from a couple days ago that after the – it was either the – all or in the last, like, 10 games, this was two or three days ago, the Red Sox were 2-8. and eight. And the Blue Jays, Rays, and Yankees combined were 24 and six. Yeah. So, I mean, the, th- the three teams there have less, you know, losses than the Red Sox. So, yeah, here's, here's something mean, for you in the past 10 games. The Sox are three and seven, as I'm sure we're all familiar. And the. No, what? Yeah, the Rays and the Yankees are both seven and three. And then the Blue Jays are eight and two in the last 10. So, those teams have just been absurdly hot recently which has really made this stretch hurt a lot worse than it would be if just the Sox were playing bad as like, like on an Island. Yeah. You talk about worst case scenario. I mean, it's one thing for the Sox to play bad, but for all of those other teams gunning for the same division title to be playing so much better than you right now for this stretch is uh, it's tough. I mean, you have to figure that at some point, even if those teams stay, I mean, those teams, if they stay hot, the Red Sox just got to get hotter. Um, so you kind of hope that they start to dip back into the, I mean, dare I, not mediocrity, but back to where they were before. And uh, the division kind of, kind of find, you know, water finds its level here, but it's just it, the last probably 20 games just have not been good. Clawson took the words out right. of my mouth. I was just going to say one of my favorite sayings is water finds its level and the Sox right. back to where they need to be. I'm sure the, the Blue Jays are going to, you know, play a little more to their level. Their offense has been ridiculous right now. So it right. comes back down to earth. And their starting pitching has been above average, too. And I know they bolstered that rotation a little bit. But I think I'd imagine that they uh, start to skid a little bit there. And then the Yankees and the Rays can't go eight and, or seven and three every ten games. It's just not going to happen. No. Not realistic. Nope. Water's, Water's going to find mean, its level. And we're Water finds good. its level. Title of episode 45. I like that, honestly. Water finds its level. I still have a lot of faith in this team, and I still have a lot of faith in how far this team can go. So, there's no reason not to. There really it's a stretch. Is. There is baseball. And I mean, baseball is like the epitome of water finds its level because in a 162 game season, you can't be just absurdly hot the entire time. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're gonna have stretches like this. It's a fair ball, right? And that was with last season. We saw teams like like the Marlins and um, trying to think who else had like kind of a fluky, like the Indians were really good uh, during a 60 game season. And it was just like, it was weird because you'd lose. Like think about this last year, the Red Sox lost 10 out of 12 games. That's like a quarter of the season. Like you're, you're done for if you have a stretch right. like that during such a short season. But thankfully we still got a month and three quarters left of the season. We got what, like 45, 50 more games. Um, 
so I mean, yeah, not to panic. And we got plenty. And I'm not, I'm not the guy to say that Chris Sale and, and Schwarber need to be the ones to save this team. But when you supplement a rotation with, when healthy, a top five pitcher in baseball, and, you know, a guy who you can put, I, I honestly will probably, I think we'll probably see Schwarber hitting six or seven. You put him down there at the bottom of the lineup. Like, that, that, that's just scary. A guy who hit, what was it, 15, 16 home runs in one month? hitting like six or seventh, like you gotta you gotta choose a guy to pitch to. It's Schwarber, it's Verdugo, it's Bogarts, it's Renfro. And um, you know, Arroyo's coming back this week. Danny Santana, you know, he hasn't been great, but he's coming back too. Um, so is Ryan Brazier. We haven't even mentioned that yet, that um he'll probably be back. He's rehabbing with Worcester right now. He'll be back um this week too. So there's there is faith there's there's things to look forward to and uh, you know, just push, push this week behind us, forget about it. And uh, let's go play some ball. I think uh, an extremely underrated aspect of Chris sale coming back is his influence on the dugout during games. Uh, even when he's not pitching, look at the, uh, the 2018 world series when mm-hmm. the offense wasn't getting it going in uh, one or two of those games, Chris Sale was screaming at Lizard. to like get their heads out of their asses and to start playing baseball like they can play. And just having Chris Sale well, was, that was in four, right? I think so. If just having Chris Sale yell at this team to like figure it out, I think is a scary sight. And I don't know how you can be more motivated to go get a hit than if Chris Sale's screaming at you to stop doing like dog shit at the game. I would seriously be scared if he yelled at me. Seriously, I feel like I feel like I would have to get a hit if if that's what's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean even, it's just kind of no choice. Yeah, even with like as bad I am as I am at baseball since I haven't played since like middle school. If he yelled at me and I was going up to face like Garrett Cole, doesn't, I'd be like, I have, doesn't even I have matter. To get a hit. No, I know. I'd I would just like, channel I, my <laughs> my inner Ken Griffey Jr. and and smack that thing to right. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing I wanted to say, or I've, I've been thinking about with blowing up, is how has nobody, like, like I don't know, those, those last three games against Toronto were just so, it was like watching paint dry. Like, how has nobody freaked out yet? Like, lost their shit? How has Cora not had, like, a, a team meeting? Like, that's the one thing that has surprised me about this stretch is, like, I don't know. Like, I know the team, we saw Devers smacking his bat and helmet against the wall the other day in Toronto. Like, still, though, I, I like, I almost want to see a little bit more fire. And I never, I'm not really one to, to come and, uh, you know, critique Cora or the coaching staff. But, like, I really would like to see a little bit more, like, you know, like a flame under their ass. Like, come on, guys. Let's, like, come, come at them a little bit more. I mean, awesome. one thing is, like, if you know you're that good, then you don't need that. And I think this team knows it's just that good. So, like, yeah, if you're, I know, but if you're playing, you ab- like if you're playing above – but, I mean, I get what you mean. But, like, if you're playing above how – if you're playing better than you should, then those things work. But if you're just – if you're just a good team, then I don't feel like you need that. Like, you just kind of need to get your head right. And I don't know that some, like, big motivational speech is, is what gets your head right in that, that circumstance. You know what I mean? Hold on. I think that – when you look at this team, this current roster as it is, especially minus Chris Sale for this entire season, who wasn't even traveling with the team for the most part because he was rehabbing, doing whatever he needed to do to get back onto the team. 
you look at this roster and you have a guy like Xander Bogarts and JD Martinez and even uh, Devers who are your leaders and even less so Devers by a lot. You look at JD and Xander and those are two guys that are so mild mannered and never show a lot of like fiery emotion when they like strike out. Like you would never see JD like blow up a bullpen phone because like, <laughs> like not, it didn't happen the way that you wanted it to happen. You don't like see Xander Bogarts like who who would do such a an outrageous thing to a bullpen phone? Yeah, I mean David Ortiz. That's that's what I'm talking about. The guy like wanted to win more than anything, and he showed it in the passion for the game. You had Dustin Madroya, same thing. He'd go out there, he'd put his body on the line for this team, and when the team wasn't giving him what he thought they could give him, then he was going to scream at them. And he was going to like show them that like, this is how you need to play. You need to play with passion and you need to like figure it out or else it's not going to happen. And it, Chris Sale is exactly, I think, cut from the same cloth as uh, Pedroia or David Ortiz because he will show that passion for winning and get angry when he needs to get angry because Cora and Bogarts and JD are always the guys that are like, we're okay right now. We're fine everything where it's going to work out because they know they're good Clausen. And it's one thing to know you're good and to be, I don't know. And I don't want to say content with where you are as a team because you're satisfied with the talent that's around you. And it's another thing to demand every ounce of effort and talent from a team when they're not giving it to you. So Chris sale coming back, I think is really going to, we're going to visibly be able to see that from the way these people play, especially how they look in the dugout. Cause a lot of guys have been looking kind of like down on themselves when I don't want to see people feeling sorry for themselves. That's not what I want to see in the dugout. I, want, I don't want to see people staring off into the, dis into the distance, not caring about what's going on in the field. I want to see people get angry and get fired up and come back out into the batter's box and attack the baseball and make something happen. You know what I mean? thousand percent i mean even like some of these role players from championship teams in the past more specifically like 2013 like even a guy like mike napoli johnny and gomes. johnny gomes exactly like even shane victorino like a lot of passion there like like i'm not that that is something this team is lacking a little bit um i'm not not heart but like more like I don't know. And it's not a bad thing because you can be very good and not be, you know, like a Javier Baez and be all like, you know, electric and all over the place. Um, but yeah, like I just, I feel like a, you know, maybe just like a little more emotion, just like, I know this team cares. I know they do, but sometimes like from the fans perspective, it's hard to, it's hard to feel that way when, you know, it, when you don't like really see it, but I, I know these guys and uh, we've seen it this year. They've, they've been winning and up until a week and a half, two weeks ago, they had the best record in the Amer uh, American league. Um, so again, it's not a bad thing, but um, yeah, a guy like Chris sale is just going to contribute to that uh, a whole lot more. So, um, you know, not, I can't think of any negatives with him coming back, honestly. Well, absolutely. There's like, there shouldn't be, you shouldn't be able to think of one, right? Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely can't. I'm hoping uh, Kyle Schwarber too, 
I don't know if he's necessarily going to bring exactly what I was just talking about, but guys won a World Series before, and I know a lot of the the current roster has two between Devers, JD, Xander, and even Kike. I know he has two, but just adding that almost different winning mentality because you can win in different ways, and maybe the Cubs when they won with Schwarber won in a different way than the Red Sox won in 2018. And maybe that would suit the team a little bit more in 2021 because we're a different team than we were in 2018. So I think maybe just a different perspective right there might also add a little bit too. And I don't expect to see that right out of the gate with Schwarber because he's obviously new to Boston, but maybe as you get into the playoff time and he's starting to share more of his playoff mentality when it comes to it, I mean, maybe maybe there's going to be some impact there. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, 26 – like, honestly, the role that Schwarber is playing right now is very similar to the role he played in, in 2016 for the Cubs because that was the year that he tore his ACL, like, the first week of the season, right? Yeah. And he only played, like – and then he came back and ended up playing in the World Series. That was his his first game back with the team. Um, so, you know, he's been in that role where he's hurt uh the team he's on is contending and his his main goal coming back is to contribute and he's done that before uh and even with the nationals team this year that was competing um uh you know he he knows he knows what he's got to do uh he's played in chicago it's a big market like he's not he's not been playing in in kansas city or or uh you know like the rangers like he he's he's been around the block like he knows how to deal with the media um, again, he's not going to hit 300 for us, but he's going to provide some pop and just another, another big bat in that lineup. So, uh, yeah. And, and we'll see, we'll see what happens with him defensively, like at first base or, or whatever, if he's primarily just hitting against righties playing, playing outfield, we'll see what happens. But again, he's an upgrade over a guy, uh, like Franchi or, or Marwin or Danny Santana. So. It, to me, he, he strikes me as a guy that's going to give this team everything he has, especially he's showing it already with his willingness to transfer over to first base. He's taking ground mm-hmm. balls uh, yeah. days ago at first base. So he's willing to do what it takes in any way to like help this team to give them whatever he can give them. So maybe seeing that even to a guy coming off injury and changing his position entirely, maybe that'll be a little inspirational to the other guys. Who knows? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I wanna I wanna get like some predictions here. So uh, there are five, one, two, three, yeah, five guys coming back from injury this week that could all end up on the roster. So those include Christian Arroyo. Actually, I guess seven because Vasquez is on the bereavement list. Um, hoping that everything's okay with his his family there, and then Verdugo. Congrats, Alex Verdugo's a dad, so that's cool too. Hopefully, I mean, Kike's been harnessing that dad strength this year, so we'll yeah. see if Verdugo can uh, harness that too. So potentially there's seven guys on this roster right now who next week might not be on this roster, and we're also going to have to DFA two guys because Sale and Brazier both aren't on the 40-man. So who do we see getting DFA'd, and who do we think – are going to be the odd odd men out of uh, of this group. Well, I mean, 
I think the easy answers right now are Franchi and Marwin. And they would yeah. make sense in terms of the production that they are providing the team. But I don't necessarily think that Marwin's going to be the guy to get uh, to get DFA. I just don't think that I think that Cora values him in a way that his on-field play doesn't necessarily reflect all the value that Cora, I think, I think like sees in him. Mm-hmm. And going back to it, he's a champion too, right? And the Astros like it or not. So, I mean, that that's another thing that you need guys that know how to win. So I, I don't know if I necessarily see Marwin being one of those two guys, but I, I can. And then Jaron Duran, I think stint up in Boston might be – a little shorter than everybody wanted it to be, but I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard to tell. I think Frank yeah, is going to be one of them. So I think that the one guy who's going to get DFA'd, I think the t- two guys who are going to get DFA'd are both going to be pitchers. So I think those two guys are going to be uh, Matt Andrees. I think that he's going to get going to get the boot, and I think possibly either Austin Davis or Hansel Robles. I know they just – we've tr- just traded for both of them, but they've both been terrible. Um, I think they those could be two guys, too, who you might see uh, get booted off the roster. I mean, the other easy answer is Yaxa Rios, but, like, he's been pretty good, too. Um, yeah, he's been recently. solid. A lot more solid than I expected him to be. Yeah. No, a, a thousand percent. So, I my two guests is I'm going to go with Robles and Andres getting DFA'd. And who knows? Maybe they clear waivers. Uh, and you can put them down in, in Worcester there. Not that I care if either of them do, but uh, you know it is what it is. And then I'm sure Connor Wong is going to get sent down when Vasquez comes back. Um, and then in terms of position players getting sent down for Verdugo, it'll probably be like Franchi. And then sure, Arauz will get sent down. I'm sure Duran will get sent down. And then it kind of leaves you with a situation like, what do you do with Danny Santana? Do you DFA him? Do you send a bullpen pitcher down, have an extra guy on the bench? So, um, again, we've talked about this a lot this year. The healthy competition is great for this team because uh, not everybody's you know guaranteed the roster spot. You got to work for it. So uh, we'll see who, uh, who prevails on this roster. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of transactions this week. Uh, something interesting. You're going to make a uh, bold – yeah, Clawson? I'm going to make a bold prediction about these moves, and I'm going to say Garrett Richards' move to the bullpen is going to be – I think he's done. I mean, I think he's been looking to um, to not pitch for probably a good two months whenever they stopped using the uh, – whenever they banned, like, the sticky stuff. So I think he's going to um, – I think he could ask to be DFA'd. I think a move to the bullpen, and I think he can probably foresee these not making the postseason roster. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just cut him early. Really? You think he would ask for that? I mean, I think he's done. I think he's going to retire after this year anyways. And I think it's either you tough it out in the bullpen where you're probably not going to pitch that much, or – you just start your retirement like three months early. Right. Yeah. We, uh, we'll see. And I mean, also Darwin's and Hernandez has been on the, 
IL for the last like two weeks. So we'll see who gets sent down when he's back. Um, and, uh, oh, the other guy I wanted to quickly mention in the minors too, this is more of looking ahead to next year, but uh, Connor Siebold has been unbelievable for, can't remember if it's Portland or Worcester, but that's another guy who we're going to have to watch. I think out he's for. Worcester now. Is he Worcester? He threw up. Uh, he was like the minor league. He player. is Worcester. Oh, shit. Wander Franco just hit a home run. Yeah. So I was just going to chime in real quick and say that neither of you guys are watching right now, right? Nope. I, I just got the alert on my phone. So I got, I got ESPN alerts. Yeah. Hulk, uh, I think, went one too many and uh, came out in the six. His velocity kind of dipped a little bit. It wasn't throwing as hard. Uh, let up a double, I think. And, or no, he let up a single. And then Franco hit uh, a, a ball that hit the monster just left of that yellow home run line into, like, the center field. Uh-huh. It hit off uh-huh. the ball and then bounced over the wall. So it counted as a home run, which – I've never seen happen at Fenway like that before, but I know if you hit like the top of the wall at any park and it bounces in that it's a home run. So I guess that makes sense, but how going six innings might've not been a great, a great play for us just now. So now it's three, one with no outs and a double or a man on second because he let up a double right before he got pulled. So that's what's happening right now in the Sox as we are recording. Hopefully we can uh, bounce back after this and get a couple of those back next year. Josh Taylor's coming in too. Yep. Just score four. Just score score four. four. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think what else we got on this team from this week. Yeah. I mean, it's been a tough week. Hopefully we can come back and and win this game against the Rays. But if not, you know, there's still, still hope, still Plenty of, plenty of baseball left, uh, plenty of games against the Rays. Uh, so we'll, we, we'll see what, uh, what happens. But, yeah, it's certainly, certainly been an interesting stretch. Not the, not the best stretch for the team. And do you know over a season like that, like a season, 162-game season, uh, there's going to be a point where the team scuffles. But a scuffle like this bad, uh, it's, been, it's been tough. It's been tough. Yeah. Yeah, has been. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think if we got anything else here before we kind of throw it into the back half of the episode. Well, one thing um, I'm gonna say is, uh, I just moved back up to my my house uh, at UNH. Been nice, been up here for a couple of days. Unfortunately, I don't have a car on campus, and the grocery store is kind of far away yeah you're right that's a good that's a good walk from where you're living yeah so i mean if i go to the store then i can't really get everything that i want to get because then i'd have to carry it all home and that's kind of like a whole thing for me because you know what am i like got six arms no so if there's just like a some kind of solution for this predicament that i'm sure many people experience I, I mean, I, I think that I would I would be so willing and love it so much to hear about such such a thing, such such a such a solution for this this problem. And I think soon I will. 
<laughs> glossy? Uh, I mean, I, uh, I'm working off of uh, different things here. So I, I normally have my, my usual answer. Um, you probably remember most of see it. See if uh, I got it up if we need well, it. Well, I mean, well, I mean, the solution would be Instacart. And if you don't know, Instacart is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to pick fresh foods and products delivered straight to your door in less than an hour. Uh, If you forget... Is this all all secret ingredient? This is straight off the dome. Forget the secret ingredient. I just sent you the... Famous dish or... No, I don't want it. I don't want it. Or you're like Steve and you don't have a car and you have no other way to get to the grocery store, then you can order through Instacart with delivery to your door as fast as an hour. Get the food delivered straight to your door. And uh, yeah, bada bing, bada boom. Uh, You know, exclusions apply, you know, see your local store for details, all that kind of jazz. And I trust that all my products will be delivered safely. Oh, of course. I mean, that, no, it's kind of a given, Steve. This is Instacart we're talking about. This is high quality. Would you say um, they handle with yeah, care? Yeah, you know. Would you say they handle with care? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, Steve, these, these are all givens here. Oh, Steve, we don't, we don't support non-excellent businesses here. Instacart, it's kind of a given that they're going to handle everything with care, get things to you in one piece, and get to you in a timely manner. This is this is awesome. what I'm is talking it, about. Is it true you can only shop one store in your area? <laughs> oh, huh. Why why would you only be able to shop one store? Enough with these silly questions, guys. You can shop multiple stores around your area. They'll deliver it right to your door, as I said, in one piece, very carefully. And uh, yeah, spark your summer celebration if you're still celebrating your summer. Uh, use the link in our show notes, and you can get free delivery off of your first order over $35. Support your boys at Gone Bridge. Instacart. Never step foot in a grocery Ooh. store again. Never again. Never, Never again. I was rough. Never again. Ah, that's character. Yeah, it was good. I, I got. Was, I was yeah, I, I, I beat around the bush for a while. Yeah, yeah. You water finds its level. I beat around the bush for a little bit. You've had delivery, delivery. Water does find its level. To your door, no less than seven times. Straight to your door. Well, I mean, well, I, uh, I think he wants. I mean, you want to listen. That's kind of the key, that. Steve. That's that's why you would, that's why you would go through Instacart if you wanted delivery straight to your door. Yeah, you're right. If you're gonna hammer home a point, might as well be that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. There haven't been any free ads dropped on the show today either. So. No. Well, it's been all business. It's been all business. Yeah, we really there has, hasn't been much joking going around here. Um, I will say I tried um. I tried a very popular West Coast burger joint this week for the first time. Um, oh, it's called that one where it's like, is your is your belly button? Don't say it. <laughs> yes, it's like, is your belly button an innie or an Audi? And then it's like, what you call the piece of meat uh, with the two buns and like the lettuce and the pickles. And then that's yeah, I tried that for the first time this week. Unbelievable, really good. Unbelievable. We need some. Uh, we need some any and outy belly button burger joints <laughs> out on the, on the East Coast. Um, Where would you rank it? Also, in your fast food experience, my fa- I've, Let me tell you, I don't really eat fast food a lot, but um, just the road trip 
we've been doing this week. It's, it's been a lot of driving. So I tried that. I tried, I tried this place called, um, it's the opposite of, of falling. And it's the nickname of the Carolina hurricanes. So you do with that information yeah. that you want. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a chicken place. Also really good. Uh, but, but any and Audi, uh, or Audi and any, uh, belly button burgers, uh, certainly ranks probably up there with, uh, three amigos, uh, burgers. Three amigos. What? Or, uh, three, three, uh, three ladies. I mean, I kind of certainly get... wouldn't be, <laughs> I get... certainly wouldn't be, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be five ladies or five of something else, but. Wow, if you like are following this conversation right now back home, like good for you. Good for good, good for, for you. you. Good for you. Um, I also saw Bush Stadium, uh, home of the St. Louis Cardinals. Very nice stadium, I gotta say. Uh, far exceeded my expectations. Didn't stay for the game. Didn't have time, but uh, walked around. We got a nice little plaza uh, out behind the outfield, and. Uh, it's, it's nicer than Yankee Stadium. Good. So, oh, God. Hansel Robles is coming is in. Dump? Nah, I don't, it's fine. It's okay. It's going to be fine. Gosh, um, <laughs> you got any notes for us? Yeah, I mean, I'm on vacation this week, so I haven't had I haven't had my mind on, on baseball that much, so I'd just like to reiterate one of my most famous ones and say that they should bring back blimp ads. Because I think that that would just shoot sales straight to the roof. Clawson takes vacations, but he never takes vacations from the notes. Always on the grind. Nope. Always. Except I did this week. Except I still pulled through. Because, I mean, blimps are just so worth reiterating. Probably horrible for the environment. Probably wildly ineffective. However. How many miles per gallon do you think a blimp gets? I'd go buy it like half i think it's it probably is is able to take off that weight and make it to center field before it runs out of gas yeah yeah that, that sounds pretty fair i learned recently i feel like i've said this on the show before that there's only like 40 blimps in existence yeah we've had this conversation before for sure it's just a absolutely wild like blows my mind every time i think about it yeah i wish ever since that big one crash that's on like the the hindenburg yeah, I cover like Led Zeppelin or whatever. It was like 80 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's why they, they halted the production of blimps tenfold. And now there's only 40. So I don't know. I feel like the blimp industry that's could wrong. certainly be way bigger than it is right now. I'm sure there's more efficient. I sure could. Yeah, well, I mean, if you bring back blimp ads, then the industry goes way up. It's really simple economics. Yep. Clawson, how's that rock? That's what I'm saying. That looks looks really, uh, really comfortable. Quite comfortable. Very rocky. Nice rock. Was it, it was, it was pretty hot, pretty hot in Massachusetts today. Or you're in Maine. It's hot in New Hampshire. Yeah. It's, um, it's quite hot up. It, it's quite hot up here as well. Hot. We're, uh, hot like the red Sox. we're taking it easy yeah i think the sun's quickly approaching to, to blowing up in our faces so oh I, yeah it really is. is i mean i even i've seen quite a bit of it today it seems angry 
Yeah, <laughs> it's angry at something. Up. I don't know who. I don't know who pissed off the sun this week, but <laughs> come on, don't do it again. Uh, I don't know. We got we got, we got a few questions. We have questions. We have. Uh, Are they all for Matt? Matt contributed, but they're not all for Matt. Okay. Um, the first one comes in from Tyler. And uh, he asked, how much of an impact does Sale make to the entire team? So much impact. I would say, I mean, we already have talked, I already talked about this. Quite a bit. But uh, I would say uh, on the scale that we usually use for impact, the, what's the acronym? It's a long one. A-C-I-P. O W A C I P O O O T W O T W yeah. Do you include the in acronyms? That's a good do you, question. Do I, what? Sorry. I don't know if you include the in acronyms, but either way, do you include the in acronyms. I think you do. Uh, I, Alex Cora, Impact Player of Week. That's just not English. Uh, it's different. It's different. You don't get I'm it. gonna. I'm putting up a poll on my Instagram right now. We'll have an answer. By the end of this this episode, no. I just if you Google, do acronyms include the word the? Well, I even if they say they don't, I'm still including the. Do acronyms include the acronyms? Are, uh, it's not. It's not covered. It's not. Either way. Anyway, getting back to the question, I give yeah. sales comeback like a 0.88. Prior to that's a lot. I think like that's fair. I'd give it like that's a fair point. Yeah, so it's, it's a fair percentage. All right. Well, uh, that's that's the end of Ask on Bridge. But uh, moving into our next sec- uh, geez, segment, questions with Matt. Uh, yeah, he just—he never disappoints. Never disappoints. Is it baseball-related? Um, uh, I mean, kind of. The first one kind of is. Oh, two. Nice. Yeah, two. Yeah, he usually hits us with a double. Love to see it. Uh, he said, if you had to cast an actor or celebrity to play each member of the 2021 Red Sox in a movie, who would some of them be? Hmm. Um, this is a tough question this is very tough I mean, i'm not good with i don't really watch a lot of movies or tv so um awesome i would i would have to say that that mark Wahlberg would have to find his way to be Xander bogarts i was gonna say matt damon i was gonna say one of them play like hunter renfro i got machine gun kelly as Chris. Nah, he would like you just <laughs> Machine Guns Kelly as Chris Sale. Yeah, I think that would be great. What about I say um, like Morgan Freeman as Alex Cora? Hmm. What about uh I'm just throwing out actors. Yeah, I'm trying to think here. What about like uh Give me like Steve Steve Corrales like Kike Hernandez, maybe? Throw throw uh throw Mario Lopez somewhere in there. Maybe like can be uh, Alex Verdugo. MC Slayer. Marlon Gonzalez by the bell. 
What about um? Oh, what about okay? Here we go. What about um? Will Smith as as Xander Bogarts. Okay, who would play Heim? Okay, who would play Heim Bloom? Yeah. Oh man, Jonah Hill. Tough. Oh wait, who is the guy who played um? Brad Pitt. Who's the guy who played Billy Bean and Moneyball? Brad yes. Pitt. Brad Pitt Brad, can't be, be Billy Pitt. Bean and Heimblum. Yeah, you need like another guy. Sure, can. I'm trying. To... That could be Mark Wahlberg. Heimblum could be Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's too like fiery and jacked. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know what Heim's got cooking under the suit. Yeah, under that. <laughs> I mean, I I don't, but I feel I feel like he's he's not Mark Wahlberg. I bet Heim benches. 325 for reps. How about like John Krasinski as oh John Krasinski Ooh, gives me there we go. Like uh who would John Krasinski play? Nathan Evaldi? Could be. Could be. Ah, Nelson Cruz scores on a balk. What the hell are we doing? Been calling a lot of box recently. In the- yeah. Um Matt, Matt hit us with another question, too. Yeah. This, this, one, this one is good. Uh, if you could spend just one single day as any animal in the world, what would you be? Oh, you just balk again? No, that was a reply. Spend, um, a, day as, spend a day as one animal in the world? Yeah. Uh, I feel like being a bird for a day would be sick. Like, just to fly? I'd probably be Chris Sale because he's a fucking animal. <laughs> probably be like a dolphin or something. Those things are pretty cool. Be a dolphin? Just for a day. Just for a day. That for a day. Wow. Be like a deep you... fish. Like a ghost shark. Awesome. What, what sound does a dolphin make? I, I don't even want to try. You yeah. know what? Make me a dolphin for a day. I'll do it. Do it. Dude, make the noise. Make the noise. Come next, on. You made the dog noise like last week. Next segment. You made, you made the dog noise. I'll drop it a different I'll drop maybe it a different we, Maybe time. we should have a whole segment, uh, Animal Noises with Alex Clausen. Clausen, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to go back to the drawing board. I'll do my best dolphin impression if you do it first. No. Oh, you're scared. It's not on this week. Next time. I'll get you next week. All right. Practice. I'll build Practice the anticipation. Up. I can't just give the people can't can't just can't just give the people what they want right away. Leave them sure. wanting more. All right. Yeah. Make them come exactly. back next week. Make them come back next week for the dolphin call. Yeah. Change to episode right. six. Titled E. Um, that's what dolphins say. I'm gonna need a little bit more uh, enthusiasm behind behind that. I'm not the dolphin guy, dude. Yeah, true. Klaus, speaking. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we uh, should we talk about who, who made impact this week? I guess. Good idea. Um, I'm just going to go with Bobby Dahlbeck. He got on base five times yesterday. He had five RBIs. Uh, I don't really know too much of what else he's done this past week because I don't have the stats up, but – uh, his average is up to 222, so do a little better. Um, I'm going to give Bobby Dahlbeck a little uh, 0.61 on the Alex Corey impact scale. 
I am going to give Matt Barnes a point one two six because that dude is stunk. I knew that was coming. I was going to give Matt Barnes the the shout too, but I was going to go with like a negative like point six because he's been. Uh, that's fair. That's probably a better ranking. Yeah, it's been. It was poor impact. A lot of poor impact for uh, for Mister Barnes poor. this past week. It is what it is. The active player I've met. I'm oh. trying to think it. He, you met him? My Barnes? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've told the story once or twice. Just like was hanging outside Fenway. I met Jerry oh. that day. And I like looked out the corner of my eye. I saw Matty Backpacks did in fact have a backpack on. And I said, yo, that's Matt Barnes. I'm going to go say hi to him. And I was like, you want to come to my friend? My friend was like, no, I don't want to bother him. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go say hi. And I was like, you're Matt Barnes, right? You literally just pitched. And he was like, I am Matt Barnes. And I was like, can I take a picture with you? And he was like, sure. And then I took a picture with him. And I was like, keep up the good work, guy. And then I was on my way. I met, I met Matt Barnes when he was in like single A. I think it was twenty beginning of 2013. I met Matt Barnes because uh, he, he lives around me. And uh, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Good guy. Um, Trying to think who else I've met on the team. Um, I met uh, – oh, I've met Eovaldi. Other than that. What? Cool? Yeah, he was a cool guy. I, it was uh, it was 2019, so I literally – I, like, took a picture with him and I, like, looked him in the eye. I was like, I don't know how you pitched, like, into the 18th inning, but that was unbelievably ballsy, and he was like, Thank you. Thank you. So humble. Yeah. Very humble guy. Nathan Evaldi. Very humble. Um, I met Josh. I met Josh Taylor. Too. Is he cool or is he off putting? He was a little bit off putting. I met, I met like, he seems like a little awkward. 10 to 15. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. I met like 10 to 15 guys. Uh, it was the last game of the 2019 season, but most of them were like, fringe triple a guys so a lot of them aren't on the team anymore but still still pretty cool i met cora too that was that was cool um yeah so um Clawson? oh wait no we are we already we already talked about impact that's right so what make baseball fun we on to oh i think i think, I think so. we I all something have for a, yeah yeah what do you got Clawson? Um, I was going to say baseball is fun because the NL MVP race has gone white hot with Bryce Harper ripping the cover off of the baseball now. Um, so it's him and Tatis. I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a race to the finish here, but I'm all for it. Tatis is hurt. Didn't I see that they're going to put him in the outfield when he comes back? Eh. Tatis? Yeah, I heard that he might play left. No field. way. Have Frazier at second and Cronenworth at short. No chance. Yeah, or. Yeah, or move Machado to short. I don't that know. Is bold. I don't. I, I heard that with his shoulder, they were like they wanted to move him to the outfield to limit his throwing. But I, I don't know. We'll see. I guess we just will. make him throw further. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how much logic that uh, that makes, but uh, yeah, Steve, what you got? Field of dreams, baby. Yes, sir. Excited to watch that tonight. Feel the dreams. I hope the White Sox absolutely wash the Yankees. 
off the face of the earth. I hope they walk into that cornfield never to be seen again. That's what I want from the Yankees. Hey, you know what? I, wait, there, oh, there's, there's a fence around it. That would have been funny if somebody went for a fly ball and just, like, ran into the corn. That would be Didn't fun. come back. I, I wish they didn't build a fence. Like, that would be so right? cool if, like, you hit, like, a ground rule double. Just, like, you rope one into the gap and it just rolls into the corn. Exactly. Yeah. They should have like, the corn on the outside of the fence, too, like, in Wrigley. Or the inside of the fence. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. So, like, you hit one up against the fence, you got to kind of, like, maneuver your way through the corn a little bit. Yeah. Just, like, a, you know, a two rows of corn stalks. Yeah. Yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah. Do you think – who? you think there's any corn growing there? Do you think anybody's going to just rip a little ear of ear of corn off and do I think start going to town? Corn? Yeah, I do. Think. I hope so. I would love to see yep. somebody do that. That would be sweet. Great, like raw corn is kind of hard to eat, but that would be sweet. That would be cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Somebody to do it. Is this going to be a yearly thing, or is this just like a one time? I hope so. Yeah, I, I would love to love to see the Red Sox um, make an appearance in the game. Um, my baseball, my make baseball fun again. Um, Got to be the NL East race right now. Three teams within a half game of each other. Braves, Phillies, Mets. Um, Going to be fun to watch. And, yeah. Also, Chris Davis just retired today. That was that was kind of big news. Good for you, Baltimore fans. <laughs> he had a wild career. Wild career. Finished with, like, 293 or something like that. Home runs. Yeah. Yeah. I think his batting average was, like, 193. But. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Uh, so yeah, so closing oh, out the ninth, what do we uh, what do we got? Just stay positive, folks. Team's coming around. Water finds its level. Yeah, uh, my closing out the ninth is a game plan for the rest of the season, and it's uh, socks win. Everyone else lose. Um, my closing out the ninth thought is, uh, you know, yeah, just everything's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. Help is on the way with Chris Sale, Kyle Schwarber, and uh, Danny Santana, definitely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think we'll be okay. Um, so, anyway, we appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming up these next couple weeks, so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gombridge Podcast and Twitter at Gombridge, and to download the episode wherever you listen to the show. And we will be back next week with episode forty-six. See ya.